As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Young F.A. Holmes. Ah. Uh. These niggas so scary, won't let them bury me. That's why I keep my 30, I shoot like Gary. And boy, I'm getting money, I'm getting money. Uh-huh. All right, welcome back to Don V Fridays. Very, very special episode. We got Drift in the building. How you living, my boy? I'm doing good, bro. I just moved this past week, so I've been busy as hell. But uh, we got a special guest for y'all. Don V, go ahead. Yeah, man, this is a this is a big episode. Uh, seven, one of seven five sevens. Own. Introduce yourself to the people. What's good, y'all? Jacquey Aline, uh, Virginia Beach, Virginia, with the Ocean Lakes. Went to Tet for two years. Y'all already know who I am. How everybody doing? Man, first of all, we happy to have you on. It's, it's always, I mean, because me and Drift, we fans. At the end of the day, we fans um fans of the program but we i never and i think i'm speaking for drift too we never claim to know professional welder shana ford used vr training developed by forge fx to hone her skills as a welder the more time that you spend practicing it that's what separates a good welder from a great welder vr training can help students like shana repeatedly practice specific skills Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. More than y'all or act like we've been inside the locker room and everything like that. Most of the shit we say be speculation only. So it's good. It's a blessing to actually have somebody that's lived it, seen it, done it, and things of that nature. So we want to thank you for coming on. Big facts. Man, appreciate y'all for having me on. Before we get started, uh, Spotify Green Room. It's a live audio-only sports talk platform. It's free to download and to use. You can talk to fans, athletes, insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, breakdowns, debates reacting to breaking news. Um, you can join in on conversations. It's rooms going on every day and every time. All you need to do is download Spotify Green Room app for free in the iOS app store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, join leagues. You'll be notified when certain rooms go live. So come with your spiciest takes. That's Spotify Green Room iOS app store. Like I was saying, we got a very special guest in the building from the 757, Virginia Beach, Virginia. I be telling people all the time that think Virginia Beach sweet or they think Virginia Beach just the beach. Virginia Beach is Mississippi with a beach 
I tell people that all the time. Tell folks what it's like growing up in the beach and in that 7-5 in general. Man, it all depends on where you live, man, who you talk to, who you know. Uh, I knew most of my friends and all my people was from SeaTac. Some people was from Green Run. And if you know a little bit about SeaTac, they get down. If you know people from Green Run, they get down too. Some people I knew from Bayside and everybody know about Bayside. But hey, I went to Ocean Lakes. Shout out Bayside. I went to Ocean Lakes though. So, you know, it was it was a pretty diverse school for the most part. Um, you know, just living out there, I, I probably took me like 10 minutes to get to and from the beach driving. And, you know, summertime, it was always fun going out there with your friends, but it, it, it get to a certain point where, you know, you can't go up there after a certain time because it definitely get active. Absolutely, it get active. You said you went to Ocean Lakes High School. And when I think Ocean Lakes, the first name that always pop in my head is Justin Hunter. Uh, but Ocean Lakes, but but Ocean Lake, it ain't like my, I went to Minchville High School in Newport News, Virginia, where like we got no notable alumni that played football. We only had one, uh, David Macklin, played for the Indianapolis Colts when I was in high school. But that's it. There ain't nobody else. <laughs> Ocean Lakes is a football power in the 7-5. Y'all got Shamarco Thomas, Derek Nadi, yourself, Marcus Davis. Like, what's What's it like playing at a school like a Ocean Lakes that got not just guys that went on D1, that goes without saying, but NFL talent walking in and out them doors? Man, it's, it's crazy because when you think about it, when people like when regular people see them, it's like, oh, it's Shamarco, oh, it's Eli Harrell, oh, it's Derek. To me, it's just, what's good, Derek? How you doing, Shamarco? What's good, Eli? Like, I know Eli family, all that. So, you know, even even Justin, I, I met Justin probably like two or three times, but I know the people who he be around. And so it was just like it was just normal to see them as opposed to like somebody who just like a random person to them. You know, it, it's it's surreal. But you look up to him and you're like, man, I want to be there one day so we could all say, hey, we from here and it's how we do things. All right, bro. Justin, Justin Hunter was like that. Like for those who don't remember Justin Hunter, like. I'm going to probably say it a whole lot, but I got to keep driving this home to the people that don't know the layout of the 757. It's two sides of the water. I'm from the peninsula. So when somebody on the south side get big, like a Justin Hunter, we know about it too. Like, mm-hmm. Justin Hunter was like that. Like, Justin Hunter was serious business. Um, I was still, but, but then again, I left the 75 for eight years. I'm just not coming back, so. That was like the last big name before I moved away was Justin Hunter. He ended up going to Tennessee, played in the NFL for like Buffalo and some other teams. But um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he played for the Steelers a little bit too. Played for yeah. the Steelers as well. Drift, you got a question? Yeah. So going off of like football powerhouses and you being at Ocean Lake, you guys went 15-0 and your senior year. Uh, dominated pretty much everybody. You guys played Salem, which Von Hill is on the team. Oscar Smith, mm-hmm. Sean McLeese. Uh, Bayside, I think Phil Patterson was on that team as well. Did you know those boys when uh, you played them? Uh, what was the dynamic with like playing against them all going to Tech? I knew T. Hill. I ain't really know Phil, and I didn't really know uh, McLeese that much. But um, you know, when I when I finally got to Tech, I I kind of got to know them more. Obviously, Phil being the year behind me, I got to know him a little more. And you know, we would talk it out like in the dorms, like. 
T. Hills be like, hey, man, he, he wasn't playing that game when they played us. He was like, hey, man, if I was playing, the game would have been a, a different outcome. We beat him like 47 to zero or something like that. Yeah. He was like, the game would have been different. I'm like, bro, he wouldn't have made no difference, dog. <laughs> and then Cleese, I was talking to McLeese about it. He was like, man, y'all, we already, he said, he kind of, kind of said, you know, we kind of already knew how the game was going to turn out. Well, he, th- he thought he knew how the game was going to turn out. He kind of felt that we was going to win anyway. I, me personally, I was like, man, I don't know. Because in the beginning of the game, I remember this like it was yesterday. The beginning of the game, Oscar Smith, the whole team runs to the middle of the field. It's like six of us from my team and the rest of the team back. I'm like, bro, where everybody at? They just clapping, talking shit. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's going to be a long day probably. They go up 14 points. And then after that, we just start beating the dog shit out of them, man. Win like 49-28. And then go to the state championship and win. And, you know, it was just it's, – it's crazy to think about, especially when you play with all those uh, – play against them people in high school and then you play with them in college. And it's like I never, I never asked anybody what they think of us on the opposite side. But it was just like, man, y'all, y'all, y'all could play. Y'all, mm-hmm. and he was like, we were, we were a bigger team, and I thought Oscar Smith was the bigger team. It was like y'all were bigger and y'all were faster. So that's what that was just different to me. And so you said you knew T. T Hill pretty well. Did you, uh, did you guys talk during the recruiting, and did that kind of, do you guys both want to go together to Tech? Is there any sort uh, of relationship? I, I was, I, it was, truthfully, it was between Tech, Kentucky, and Oregon. And Oregon was my dream school at the time, but they was bullshitting. So I just took them out the picture. Yeah. Speaking okay. of Oregon, what a, because I noticed that on your offer sheet. It, it, I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Uh, what do you mean by they were bullshitting? And like, do you think you would have gone had they done some or said something a little differently? Hell yeah. Me and McLeese talked about it. He said, he was talking to me about it. He was like, man, I was waiting for you. And I was like, why was you waiting for me? He was like, because I was going to probably go too. And so, I wanted to go there, but I had I had DM the coach and I was like, hey, coach, you know, I want to take a visit and then commit. And he was like, all right, well, I got to see this, that, and the third. And I'm like, what you got to see? I want to go. Like, I already made up my mind. This is my dream school. Like, I've, I've been saying this since I was probably like in eighth grade that I want to go play for work. And he just was – they he wasn't talking to me as much anyway. So I was like, all right, fuck it. You gone. Right. How big does the visit play with recruiting in terms of committing? Is that like a key factor? Oh, definitely. I but I feel like a lot of kids need to have a focus when they when they go to these visits. And I say a lot of kids need I don't I don't mean like in an asshole way, but I say you need to demand some shit. Like a coach really want if you demand some shit, that mean the coach and the coach give it to you, that mean the coach really wants you. I feel like I didn't really do that when I was, you know, taking my visits and whatnot. And I just feel like at that time, if I could have do, if I could have did it differently, I would have did it differently. But I feel like when you do uh, visits, you kind of see the layout of the campus, how the players are within each other, and how the coaches are. You know, what the I shit, I'm gonna be honest, what the girls look like. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that's important. <laughs> exactly, you feel me? <laughs> that's important, bro. And what the game atmosphere is like, even practice atmosphere. So all that take uh, is serious. You got to take that seriously, and it's an, it's important. 
And so, uh, like, what kind of what kind of made you choose Tech over Kentucky then? If though, because it was between the three, and what was the, what was the kind of like the deciding factor? I feel like the deciding factor for me was playing for Coach Gray and uh, playing under Coach Beamer and Foster. Okay. Like, okay. It's only like a handful of coaches I run through a brick wall for in college. College coaches. Let me rephrase that. College coaches. Yeah. Yeah. And those are definitely the the three of like maybe five or six. And so yeah, especially them years. T Gray was like shout out T Gray down at South Carolina now. Gonna do shout big out things. T. Gray. Shout out T Gray, a legend. Shout out Bud Foster and Frank too. But shout out T Gray, especially a black man flourishing, Hammond Shane by the Hammond Shane by the run it up in South Carolina. Oh, yeah. I'm a South Carolina fan this year. I don't care what nobody say. <laughs> hey, shout out to South our, our South Carolina Gamecocks. <laughs> South, this is the South Carolina podcast, man. <laughs> so what were your thoughts when all those coaches ended up leaving? I mean, they left at different times. So what, 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 like Tigray, obviously, what did you think when, when they let him go? I'm, um, So it's crazy because the day Tigray announced that he was leaving, I saw him the day before that, and he was asking me, you know, like how class was, you know, are you ready for this? You know, are you ready for spring ball? I was like, yeah, like, let's get, like, I'm ready. And so when I found out the next day he was leaving, I was like, fuck, like, what the hell? So then I was really planning on, it was some things that happened in the spring ball too as well, but I was really planning on leaving summer of 2016. So going into my sophomore season. But then I called Kozan, who's close with some some people in my family, you know, some of my family. And I was on the phone with Coach Stein Spring, too, as well. And I was like, hey, man, I don't think about leaving because I don't think these motherfuckers going to let me play. Like, I'm I, like, I feel it. Like, I don't think I'm going to play this season. And Zahn and Stein Spring was like, why are you leaving? Like, you played as a freshman. Not many people can say that. I was like, I get that. Right. Yeah. You know, kind of persuade me to stay. And so I was like, look, like, you have a chance to play this year. I know you do because you played last season. It's like, just stay, check, see how I go, and then I'll make sure everything good. And I was like, all right. So I decided to stay. But when everybody left, I didn't really know how to respond. I wasn't – I wouldn't say I was, like, upset. But I was I already knew like how my situation was gonna be. I knew it was gonna be pretty tough. Uh, and you knew Zon uh, through your family, and wasn't he at ODU when you were in high school? He, yeah, he was at ODU first, but then I didn't find out later because uh, my younger cousin, her dad, knows Zon, okay. so I didn't find that out later until a little bit after uh, I got that ODU offer. And then ever since then, you know, I was talking to him, this, that, and that, and then he had a tech job, and it was cool after that. Okay. Yeah, shout out Zon Burton, a legend. I think he had Merlin now. Uh, yep. Yeah, shout out, shout out, shout out Coach Zon. Uh, I, he kind of got fucked over by the current staff, in my humble opinion, but real ones always bounce back. He bounced back so clean, so smooth. You are number 17. And at tech, that is a bit for especially for a defensive player. This ain't no Josh Jackson wearing number 17. That <laughs> shit don't even count. You are 17 and played defensive back. Like that's that's now you're talking Cam Chance to Kyle Fuller. 
Divine Diablo after you. A lot of people can't say they wore that 17, bro. Like, how does that feel, though? Like, it, it felt good. Like, I didn't really expect it. Like, I was like, damn, I'm really wearing 17 when I finally got my jersey for the first game. Uh, when I dressed out for the Ohio State game, and I was like, damn, I'm really wearing 17. Like, Cam Chancellor wore this. Kyle Fuller wore this number. And I'm just like, I got to live up to it, you know. And, you know, every shot I got, I was like, I just got to play the best I can right now, especially being a young player and it's the game a little faster and everybody a little bit bigger. I was just like, I, get, I just got to do the best I can while I can. Yeah, man, that's that's dope. That's dope. that's something that's something you can tell. Look, motherfuckers, y'all can't tell me shit. Like, I'm up here. I'm stamp. That's a stamp. I mean, you was a freshman. Yeah, <laughs> that's a stamp. <laughs> Ain't no, you know they do the shit now with number one. Where like they choose who get to be number one. No, you was already stamped. No politics. Yeah. None of that. Can't mm-hmm. nobody tell you shit. Oh. <laughs> uh, you tweeted, you tweeted Mook Reynolds should be in the NFL. Uh I believe that. Uh, but without going into too much detail, explain to these simple, these silly motherfuckers how much of a dog Mook Reynolds was and still is. Man, it's crazy because when I tweeted that, before I even tweeted that. I don't even know what the hell I was thinking about. I, I think I was just thinking about the team in general. And I just, I decided, I was like, man, I'm going to go watch a movie highlight. And for him to be at Nickel, especially as a freshman, and I'm just like, bro, this motherfucker can play. And Mook had like a, a certain type of gift. Like he, he, he was football smart as fuck. And he might, he might've fucked up somewhere, but he'll make that shit up in the middle of the play. Right. And he won't scare to nothing. He going that bitch was a heat-seeking missile. And what I liked about Mook was on the field, he was just heat. He was a he was a major shit talker. He didn't give a fuck about nobody. Nothing. He was gonna talk his shit. And the thing is, he would be serious, but he can he can lay back a little bit and and joke around while the game going on. So that I just felt like that was his way of be like, bro. You know, although this is a game and I want to win, like, I can't be too tense. So that's why, that's what I really fuck with about Moot. Yeah, dog. Like, I I, I listen to some of the stuff people say about Moot, the fans, and they be trying to paint Moot out to be this person and that person. I'll be like, y'all don't even know the man. You going on some some bullshit. Yeah, and and Moot was, Moot won't. To be honest, bro, Mook want a, a problematic ass dude. He he can't for the most he'll go out somewhere, you know, but he won't like looking for no trouble. He was just, I right, I'm a, I'm gonna be here, and I'm bounce. I ain't really in. A, he won't really into all that problematic bullshit. He was a chill dude, one of the funniest dudes on the team too. Yeah, man. Shout out Mook Reynolds, man, and um, shout out to whoever was running that Mook Reynolds his original Twitter account. I think it got hacked or something, and the nigga was cash apping everybody for money. <laughs> shout out to shout out, we we salute all our scammers and finesses on Don V Fridays, even the ones that impersonate Mook Reynolds. Shout out, I hope bro got some money. He ain't get no money off me, but if he got money <laughs> off people, shout out to him. Um, you came in 
like your class and like the class before that was like the last, in my opinion, my humble opinion, of like the dogs, like almost like a class full of dogs, almost like shit. Obviously, they pivoted and recruiting and changed who they recruit and where they get them from and all. We can me and Drift going for hours about that type of shit. But what was it like coming in in that era with the Edmonds brothers and? The Trayvon Hills and the, all those, all them boys from Carolina and things are like that. Man, it was, it felt like, it felt great, you know, knowing, especially, especially Maine. And when I found out Maine, he was how young he was. I'm like, bro, you that damn big and you not even supposed to be in our class. <laughs> and, then, and then like T Hill, our new T Hill, McLeese, and you know, House Mook, Adonis. We just, we kind of, we kind of just wanted to change everything, you know, like we wanted to get back to how, what everybody was used to, you know, the Coastal Champions, uh, ACC mm-hmm. Champions. Thanks. We wanted to do all that, you know what I mean? So for us, we kind of had a mission and we wanted to fulfill that mission with, you know, Coach Beamer, but obviously some things was changed and we had to go mm-hmm. a different route with it. And it was, it was it was great to play with Real and, and Maine and you know all those guys and I it it never a day never goes by where I don't think about that team 2016 or 2015. I think about that team all the time. I think about the dorms. I think about all that stuff. So I I will never forget those moments with them guys ever. When did you kind yeah, of man. know that uh that Beamer was gonna be on his way out? Like, did you know that went during your recruitment, or was that something you found out later on? Actually, I didn't think he was going no damn where. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't think he was going nowhere. Now, what I do think is, especially like going back to our class, had everything been different, especially with an offensive coordinator, I think everything would have been different. Like the season, how the outcomes of the season would have been. I think things would have been better, and I think Coach Beamer probably would have stayed a little longer. But I, I didn't expect it. How'd you the find talent out? was there. The talent was there. That's what I'm saying. And even, like, in 2016, I had seen JC tweet one time, obviously new staff, spreading it out. He was like, man, if we had this type of office when I was there, ain't no talent what would have happened. I was like, you're not wrong because the talent was there. How'd you find out about him leaving? Mm, I can't even remember, bro. I think it might have been Twitter. You found it on Twitter? Yeah, I I think it might have been Twitter. I can't 100% remember, bro. And I know we had a team meeting later that day. And so he he had addressed it and whatnot. And so how did did the, like, the locker room culture change when when Fuente got there uh, after he left? Uh, I would say, I would say things were, things, things were definitely different. Um, as opposed to like how we, how we approach the weight room, how we eat, um, what's mandatory, what's not mandatory, uh, walkthroughs, stuff like that in spring ball and during the season. I, I can tell everything was different. So I feel like that's when I realized the business side of college football was when they came in. 
this this been under my fingernail for a long ass time. Fuente was really on that silent lunch shit on pregame meal. Was he really not what? letting people talk? Oh yes, sir. He was not letting nobody no no talking during lunch, no talking during the dinner, no talking when you walked in the facility on a Friday to do the walkthrough. No talking. You won't saying nothing. Why was there a reasoning behind that, or did uh, some like, about being focused? Do you think that kind of like? Yeah, I heard this side, bro. I heard this side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so That's wild as hell, Mo. What? <laughs> what was you saying? They, over they showed it on ESPN. I was just hoping that was just some a one-time thing. Nah, yeah. that was uh, they showed every Friday that shit on ESPN. Like that was some flash shit. Nah, yeah. bro. Every Friday, every dinner, all that quiet. Do you think that kind of lost the? The locker room, how he came in and changed a lot of shit like that. Like, obviously, you said mm. that it made you see the business side, but you think like most of the team kind of felt kind of weird by that? I think in the beginning, the team had felt weird by it, but I think eventually, you know, it's kind of like maybe this is a good thing to do. Maybe this does keep us focused, you know, stuff like that. So that's how I, how I viewed it and how I think they took it. But I could, I could be wrong for some players but for myself I was I was always used to like you know getting hyped up in the locker room and before a game and you know doing this and not necessarily joking around but you know blasting music to get your mind right right, right. so the silence kind of you know threw, threw me off myself but I feel like some guys just like if this is the way he thinks that we should be focused in you know yeah. We're going to buy into I say, it. I say it all the time because 2016 and 2017, the team was successful. My, like, the team is winning. So you're like, all right. But 2018, when shit is oh, going left. fan. That's <laughs> when you start being like, this shit goofy as hell. Bro. No, bro, this shit. Yeah, I mean, you really got it at the right time. Use the, I know I'm, I know, hey, I'm 34. And- it's, I'm 34, so I use the term kids. Like when I say kids, I don't mean y'all are kids, like children, but mm-hmm. young people. Like, but y'all are still grown folks. Like some yeah. of y'all got kids. Yeah. <laughs> like, so <it's>, Myself. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, whole like you can't tell a grown man that he can't speak at him. Like I always thought that shit was goofy. And I think I tweeted the night they showed that on ESPN. I was like, wait a minute. Like, they showed that like that was something <laughs> worth showing? Am Man. I tripping? And everybody was like, shut the fuck up. We went in. You know how that shit goes. So Yeah. And, and, and it's funny you say that I got out at the right time because uh, I know y'all know Jordan Long. That's one of my good yeah. friends. Shout out Jordan. And shout out Jordan. And I, I told him, I told him and another person, Zori, give him Zoe on Twitter. And I, oh, shout, shout out, out Zoe. Zoe. Shout out Zoe. And, Big shout out to Zoe. And then I told him, I said, Jordan Jordan came up to me. He was like, man, I think we're going to be good. I said, bro, I ain't trying to burst your bubble. I know you're a big fan. I said, but look, I predicted every record y'all was going to have 2017, 2018, 2019. Mm. I said, hey, bro, in, 20, in 2017, y'all going to win eight or nine games, right? Mm. And you can, y'all can ask him yourself he might even comment when he uh listen to this i said in 2018 though y'all might win six or seven and in the 2019 they're gonna save face and win maybe eight to nine games again 
Mm. That shit mm. was facts. That shit was all facts. Because because in 2017, the talent was still there. The right. talent was right. the talent was still there. Right, but go only back thing, to the only thing that fell off for a second, not to cut you off, only thing that fell off for a second, nobody thought Gerard Evans would leave. I didn't think he was gonna leave. Mm, you got the intel on that. Why you know you know why he left for real for real? Because people try to say he had bad grades or some dumb shit. Is that bullshit? Nah, I didn't think Raw had no bad grades. At least from what I know, I didn't think he had no bad grades. But I think I mean, it, it was shocking, but at the same time, I don't think it was because of how he approached the game. Like, he mm. he was definitely a professional dude, but at the same time, I didn't feel like he was a a super team player from my perspective. Okay. But that's just how I saw it. No, you know better than us. Shit. Yeah. I mean, you know better than the motherfuckers that said his mama had a whole bunch of kids and he had to go pro. You know a hell of a lot more than them goofies. Yeah, so. see, yeah. <laughs> Whatever they saying, I don't know nothing about that. The fans are goofy, bro. Yeah. Like, me too. Oh. Like, we fans. Like, it's short for fanatics, so we gonna say some wild shit to fit our narratives at times. Like, I don't never yeah. go there, though. I, I ain't gonna lie. I ain't ne- that shit was crazy. They were saying yeah, that's he had a- bad grades and Mm-mm. he, had, he nah. got to support. 15 kids or some crazy shit. Nah, he definitely, he, I don't know nothing about the kids. And he, he I, I damn sure ain't think he had no bad grades. Shout out Gerard Evans, though. Um, Shout out Rod. Nigga broke bad records. And when that <laughs> one year, he, he broke some records that we thought was never going to get broke. He broke them motherfuckers <laughs> in one year. I think, uh, yeah. I think the fans need to show Rod more love and stop calling him a dumb fuck and all this other stupid shit. Yeah, he made a decision to go pro. That was his decision to make. It wasn't my decision. Yeah. It wasn't the that's, fans' decision. It was his decision. That's his. That's that's his time to be selfish. He had the age where he could be selfish. Right. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And shout out to him. He got to stand next to Aaron Rodgers. Can a lot of motherfuckers exactly. say that? Exactly. <laughs> I just, just want to ask, so going back to what you said about Jordan, what made you think that the team was going to tank like that? Was it just because of the way that you saw, like, Fuente coming in doing that stupid shit? Or was it, like, specific <laughs> stuff? Man, yeah. I'm, uh, I just – I wouldn't even say, like, some of the shit he was doing was stupid. I mean, to some people it would be stupid, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I could just – I could I could see it from, like, a mile away. I'm like, bro. And when, like, we lost to Syracuse, I kind of felt that shit because that was the game that he he didn't straight up blame me for it, but he indirectly blamed me for the loss. And I remember mm. that shit like it was yesterday. How did he indirectly blame you? Uh, like I said, the whole silent thing, we in the clap session, offense on one side of the uh, 50-yard line, defense on the other side of the 50-yard line. They called two PBR. And Chuck tells me before I even go up, Chuck tells me, he said, hey, bro, the call is Mike. Make sure you make the call right. So I'm I'm not going to lie. I was a little zoned out a little bit. It's fucking quiet. How the fuck can I not zone out? So mm-hmm. we go up to PBR. They call two PBR. I freeze. Don't say nothing. And then I get the call out late. So we run this shit back again. Offense make their little call, defense make their little call, kick, so on and so forth. I get back up there, boom, clap it up. We leave. 
lose Syracuse 31-17. So he like, this is what happens when we not focus, this, that, and that, da 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 We just got to be focused on the little things. And I'm like, bro, are you trying to blame me for a loss that I didn't play in? Like, bro, I didn't play a down. I ain't That's play special crazy. teams. You know what I'm saying? I ain't play special right. teams. I ain't play a snap. So ain't no way that this loss is on me. I kind of felt like he was kind of blaming me for it. And after that, I was like, that was like strike one for me. I, what made me want to leave. And so after that, when, when I spoke to Jordan, I'm like, bro, I'm going to be honest, man. I, I, don't, I don't think y'all, I don't think y'all going, I don't think y'all think it's going to go the way y'all think it is. Like it's going, it's going to be some shit. Right. He was like, what you mean? I was like, man, look, a lot is, is going to be some play calls that you're going to question. It's the same thing with left or with coach uh, Scott Leffler. Coach Lefty. Mm-hmm. Same bullshit. And you're going to question them calls. And then you're going to wonder why, why the hell they call that. They still got to adjust to everything. To this, bro, this is not Memphis, dog. This is That's Virginia facts. Tech. This is ACC. Like, ACC is, is way five. It's the highest level. <laughs> you feel me? So yeah. that's why that's why I was telling them. And I said some other things, but you know, it was a couple years ago, and I we was about to play basketball, so I kind of forget. Yeah, when you when you say like that indirect blame type of shit, that sort of like shifting blame, is that something that Beamer like it, was that different from Beamer's approach? In that, in terms of like that shifting blame on somebody else, but not really telling it who it is or whatever. Nah, I ain't never seen Coach Beamer shift no blame to nobody. You know, so I think I definitely think it's it was different from Coach Beamer than and it was different with Coach Fuente. Okay, that's kind of what I thought, honestly. I mean, just kind of his like demeanor and approach. Right? And based on what the players say, I, I kind of felt that way, but I wanted to see what your thoughts were. Yeah. He walked around like he Nick Saban sometimes, and I ain't sit right with me. Bro, I said that. That's fair. Just guessing. <laughs> I said that just guessing. He Nick Saban without the clout. Yeah. <laughs> it be like that, though. I said that in the locker room one time. I don't remember who I said it to. I might have said it to Bucky. And I said, hey, he be walking around like he makes statements sometimes. What's shout up with you, Bucky? Book? Shout out Bucky Hodges. Another yeah, shout legend. out Buck, man. Just spoke to him a couple of days ago. Everything all good with him, too. Shout out to Buck. Another person that the fans used to hate on for no reason. He got a Gus gift tattoo. So the fuck oh. what? what the- fans are weird, bro. <laughs> it's a tat, bro. Why are you offended by the boy tat? Offended by his tell, oh, you guys get it. You dropped the fans. Shut the fuck up. Fans Man. are weirdos. I don't want to say fans from the other side of the state, but it be them. I'm nobody from the same side. Ain't nobody from Richmond saying that bullshit. <laughs> but let's move on, man. We gotta we gotta pay some bills, man. Spotify Green Room. Once again, it's a live audio on the sports talk platform. It's free to download and to use. You can talk to athletes, insiders, fake Adam Schefters, and fake all these motherfuckers on in, in real time. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. 
Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, reacting to breaking news, uh, ongoing conversations, watch games together. Everything is popping off on Spotify, Green Room. Bring all your spicy takes, all of that. All you got to do, download Spotify, Green Room app, free at the iOS app store. We're talking to Jacque Eileen. Your time at Virginia Tech, you did you 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 did two seasons, and then you you pretty much knew early that you was transferring. Uh, what were some of your transfer destinations? Uh, <clears throat> my option was ODU, Norfolk State. Uh, Marshall was a choice, and then obviously Montana State was a choice. And uh, okay. I definitely won't go on enough state too close to home. Um, probably won't. De- probably won't go on to ODU too close to home. So I was like, "Fuck it, it's, it's between Marshall and Montana State." And I, I wanted to go further south, but I ain't getting nowhere further south. So I was like, "All right, fuck it, I'm just you know find a different scenery, start a whole new life." And shit, I went to Montana State. And it worked out Montana perfectly fine for me. Is Montana like cold? Like you, you, you went, you, you played in Blacksburg. That's that's mountain air. But yeah. is I'm I'm trying to get a cold your cold levels. Like, is it colder than Blacksburg? Is it like is man, look, like look, Miami? Look, and, look, and, look, <laughs> look, look, man. I'm gonna tell you right now. Look, we had a lift one morning. Going into my senior year, right? It was negative 30. I told my coach, what? I'm not going to class. I know what I signed up for, but I'm not going to class. He laughed at me and said, All right, I ain't go to class that day. And it got by that by the time it hit noon, around one-ish, it was probably like 15 degrees. I ain't go to class. I was in the I was in the crib chilling, playing Red Dead. <laughs> Minus 30? Bruh, minus 30, bruh. That's oppressive. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? What the fuck is going on in Montana, bro? Man. Hey, man, the, the motherfuckers that control the weather, they bullshitting up there. Man, man. Look, to prove man. A point. And it, it snowed it snow in Montana for about nine months. It's It snowed in June. I'm looking around. I'm like, what the hell going on? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know this. This is not familiar to me. And I'm just like, it's still snowing on the ground in, in April. So when we had practice and it's negative 30, between negative 30 and two degrees, what do you think I'm going to do? Shit, I might, not, I might not be the best at practice that day, but hey, look, you don't get a little something out of me, but it ain't going to be 100%. <laughs> oh, man, it's 30, like Montana tripping. They real. But it's the it's it's crazy because when it gets to like 20 something around I'll say about 25 and above, like I said, the, the air is dry. You can walk around mm. this motherfucker with no sleeves on and you good. 
put some Vaseline mm-hmm. on your arms, you straight. Yeah, man, Montana. So cool as fuck. What's the and biggest then, difference between FCS football and FBS football? Oh, obviously man. the obviously the postseason, but like, what's yeah. the biggest difference? Um, I would say, I definitely would say money. They didn't okay. have they didn't they didn't have a fueling station at Montana State. I think like. I want to say they didn't get the fuel station until maybe like 2016. They don't have mm-hmm. a. They just they they getting a, a a new thing built attached to the stadium right now for a new locker room, new coaching facility, a coach's office, new weight room. But when I was there playing, the weight room was shared with all the sports, Olympic sports, basketball, everybody, and mm-hmm. it was all the all the uh, locker rooms was in one building. Uh, it was a part of the basketball arena building. They ain't had no players lounge. Uh, the cold tub was in the um, equipment room. Not the equipment room, excuse me. The uh, training room. Usually that's like a part of the locker room or some shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They ain't, had, they ain't had no hot tub. So everything, you know, it was just all, it was, the money was different. The food, especially the food. Shit. My, my, mm. my coach had to come out of his pocket sometimes to pay for our food. We, we fuck around having to get Panda Express. Firehouse. Uh, sometimes they had to get the Wendy's four for four to get us at the meetings and shit. And I'm just like, damn, bro. Like, shout this out to a hey, Wendy's four for four been holding down the street <laughs> for a long time, man. Shout out to Wendy's doing it. I don't eat Wendy's no more, but shout out to Wendy's, man, holding it down for the streets. That's crazy. So y'all, so so the coach was coming out of pocket. Yeah, he would have to come out of his pocket from time to time to pay for us. And um, I would definitely have to say, like, another difference is uh, obviously no bowl games. And mm. some of the some of the guys were asking about it. I'm like, bro, that's not the, that's not people's main goal. But when you go to one, and you know, you some most guys don't don't go home for Christmas, so you mm. getting all these gifts, all this free shit. They like, dang, oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. I'm like, ah, it's cool until you realize you're not, you're not gonna be with your family for Christmas, especially as a freshman. You with your family for Christmas most of the time, especially a, a freshman that plays, and then you're not, you can't go home. So can't go some people, home, man. Yeah, oh, some yeah. people. Go and you home, get a gift basket don't. and all that shit. And yeah. to, 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 Tostitos that made a billion dollars or some crazy shit. Sponsoring the bowl game, man. It's a whole lot of money exchanging hands. You're the perfect person we could talk about this because NIL just passed like a month or two ago. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure you're on the athlete side of this. Uh, what's your take on, on NIL and athletes getting paid, getting these bags? I'm pretty sure you're happy for all the bros, but uh, what's your take? I'm definitely happy for them. I I think it was a long time coming. Um, I kind of wish it was a thing when I was playing, but uh, you know, some, a lot of, I think, I think, to an extent though, I think a lot of, a lot of uh, companies and whatnot should wait to see how a player perform before they start okay. throwing money at them. You know what I mean? So, I just that's how I see it. That's that's it. That's all I got to say for it. Just wait till a player perform. And if they, you know, one of the top players and they're the face of the university and the football team, 
Go ahead, throw that money at him. But a guy who ain't played down yet, uh, yeah, not yet. Hold off. Can can yeah, you can yet. you expel this myth for the goofies out there that think, uh, okay, like you said, the face of the team, the best player on the team might get the biggest bag. Can you explain to these goofballs that think that the player that's not getting as big a bag will not be jealous and they understand that it is what it is? It definitely, even when it don't come to money, it is what it is. And I'm going to tell people why. Because when somebody that faces the programs, like, say, before, obviously before this, a lot of kids not coming up to the to a random player for an autograph. Right. Or asking, can they get his gloves? Or can they put his helmet on? So you now you you extra jealous because somebody getting more money now? And then we also got to think, it could be a kid that go off who ain't on scholarship and he and he get a bag thrown at him. That's a blessing for him. Right. We also got to take that into consideration. A lot of people do because a lot of people, oh, well, the kid is on scholarship. He don't deserve money. Some kids ain't on scholarship and they go, they be doing the scholarship players dirty and get on the field and do everybody else dirty. So that's fact. They pain. I think I think that, you know, I don't, I would never think a teammate would get jealous of another teammate because they get more money. That's like saying an NFL player jealous of the face of the, right. the franchise. The quarterback. Right. Yeah, goofballs. That shit. That it's only fans say that shit. I see. I've been seeing it a lot. Like, well, what is the third string left tackle supposed to think? <laughs> what would he think? What the fuck? <laughs> he supposed? He not a, What you mean? What he supposed to think? He he, bro. A lot of people have in the locker room. A lot of people have understanding of certain things. A lot more understanding than what people may think on the outside. I know yeah, we've been but... shitting on fans for the whole podcast, but fans are stupid as fuck, bro. You would be surprised, man. Oh, I'm already like, knowing, bro. We dumb as we dumb as shit, man. We be we they come up with all kinds of theories and things. Like, well, if it's all about money now, it's been all about <laughs> it's been money. about money. Yeah, it's been about money. Your bowl game is sponsored by beef old Brady's or some they let any anybody <laughs> with money I think it's been about any they will it will be a Don V Friday's bowl in three years mark that shit down when we <laughs> bring the bag up I'm sponsoring a bowl game and I'm putting bread in all the athletes hands that's how we doing it but that's that's what I love one, one thing I do love about fans though especially on like Southeast and the eastern side and this um northern side is y'all y'all got a lot to say. Y'all talk a lot of shit. When I came over when I came over to Montana, it won't no shit talking on Twitter. You know, it won't no theories. Like even a rival, like it, it won't none, it won't none of that. And I'm like, man, this is not some shit I'm used to. Like, we're all the trash talking. Even shit, even jam you will butt they butt their head in every now and then. Yeah, yeah. Conversation. I come, I come to Montana State. They biggest rivalry is Montana. That's a big rivalry. Don't get me wrong. It's a lot bigger than I expected. But like when it come to it, it's just like man, this shit. I want, I want this shit to be more like with this shit talking on Twitter, with this shit talking on Instagram. My roommate had just uh, transferred to Sac State. My old roommate, shout out my old roommate, uh, Munchie, and you know the one of the Montana State fans that found out he transferred. 
And they was like, well, I'm, I'm kind of glad he's gone. He's a good player, but I'm glad he's gone. Uh, it's unacceptable for him to flick off uh, uh, Montana fans after the, the win that we had. Why are you mad about that? That's not – we won the game. And to remind, and remind you, we was losing 22-0 at halftime. Mm. And they fumbled at the one-yard line with two seconds left. And we win 22-25. Why are you mad? We won. And that's your right. focus? Yeah. I seen that. I said, man, somebody back down south, somebody back east, somebody up north, Ohio State, Penn State, some shit, they're going to be like, okay, I'm glad he did that. That's so your we, passion. We won, yeah. the, we won the game. We, we won the game. We right. won the game. Let me tell you something. When Trayvon Hill, when he threw up the U at his grad, at, at his grad, when he graduated from tech and he threw up the U on that stage. Oh uh-huh. my god. <laughs> that was on his ass. <laughs> they was on that nigga's top for three days. <laughs> it was definitely on, on his ass. ass. <laughs> on his ass. I'm like, man, he probably got, you know, it's probably deeper than what I think it is. So you got to understand, sometimes people's emotion get the best of them in a certain moment. Shit, I won't mad at them. And if I was a fan, I wouldn't be mad at them either. It is what it is. It is what it is. I mean, I ain't go to college, so I can't tell nobody how to act at I barely graduated high school, so I damn sure can't tell nobody (laughs) sort of etiquette to do at a graduation. A black man graduate and get a congratulations from me. He can go in that motherfucker and do the Dougie or some shit. (laughs) <laughs> I was here like a black man graduating college is that's he he broke and I don't know his family I'm not trying to speak for his family or not but sometimes when a black man graduate he's breaking a generational curse mm-hmm. to be a black man graduate from college that he mm-hmm. like people wanted to Virginia Tech fans wanted to say he didn't even he got cut from the NFL real fast or some dumb shit I'm like that man is a college graduate. Like exactly. he can never he got the same degree you got, and you think exactly. he's less of a person. Exactly. And then he got cut from the NFL team. He still was on the NFL team. So what you mean? Yeah. Right. That goofy man. Shout out Trayvon Hill, a legend. Man, shout out to my dog T Hill, man. Shout out T Hill. We are T Hill fans on Don V Fridays. Don't let the other motherfuckers, you know, the old motherfuckers that talk shit about T Hill and he allegedly said this and said that you getting one side of the story you're not getting both sides of the story so until i get both sides of the story it's all some bullshit until it's confirmed by everybody but shout out t hill man um so what's next what's what's next what's next for you uh what else you got going on right now well, right now I'm working on my real estate license for, uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Trying to get right, trying to get right. Uh, but I'm still training, you know, still maintaining. Uh, hopefully, you know, somebody find me, pick me up. Uh, you know, at first I was kind of upset because I, I felt I feel like I always got to do twice as much as somebody else to even get recognized. But, you know, now, like, I'm looking at it. I'm just like, man, when 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 that situation arises, I think I'm like, fuck, how the fuck did we miss him? So oh, yeah, they I'm ready. Folks, bro. Yeah, just, like they'll say, oh, he went to the small school. So they'll say some stupid shit like, 
we needed 19 interceptions. They did it. My man went to Norfolk State, and they was kind of hitting him his senior year, like, we need, like, eight interceptions. Like, bro, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? Eight. Y'all? Eight, oh, Joe. Eight in the season. Eight in the season. These people look, man. Man, yeah. Nah, I had I had five my first year at Montana State, and that led the conference. And I and 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 five motherfuckers don't get five in their career. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I had I had six in two seasons, and I only had. I had six and two seasons. How many? Some people get six and three or six and four seasons. Right. Come on, bro. Right. Motherfuckers don't get six. It'd be a four year starter. And be a four year <laughs> starter. So, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I was, I was kind of upset at first, but now I'm kind of like, when that, when that moment come, I'm definitely going to have them be like, That's damn. Small school bias shit be crazy. But yeah. you know, when the NFL call, when the <laughs> NFL call, all that. Alabama well, shit, that Kentucky shit, it don't matter no more. Exactly. Now we all play for the Indianapolis Colts or whatever. So they gonna give the Alabama. The only difference is the Alabama motherfucker gonna get more chances. Yeah, because he, he, went, to, to, he went to Alabama. Because he went to Alabama. The Ohio State, he gonna get more chances. That's the exactly. only difference. So when you get even, your chance, you already know what you got to do. Even like um, I know it's you a 49ers fan. Like when I played against Trey mm. Lance, I'm like, damn. Mm. Is Trey Lance like that. Yeah. Oh man, hey, that's a big bitch, bro. <laughs> that's a hey. big bitch person, bro. Man, he a cool dude though. But that's that's a big ass. He a man, he a big dude. And big I, I it ain't a lot. If you if you go back and you could find somebody from when that, the time I was at Montana State, I think only one person, maybe two people, can say that they probably put me on the highlight tape, and he's one of them. Was that, that the was that the best team you ever Lane. played over there? Man, look, I always wondered why everybody was nervous to play against us in high school. I wasn't nervous to play against North Dakota State, but at the same time, when they was beating the dog shit out of us, I'm like, bro, is this how people felt about Ocean Lakes in high school? <laughs> This is not a good feeling, bro. This Them ain't boys. a good feeling, bro. I don't a, like they it. a factory over there. They it, man. And then I watched the game. It took me a couple months to rewatch the game, man. I rewatched the game a little bit. I'm like, damn, we was really playing with them for a little bit. And then shit, all hell broke loose. And after that, they just took off. All hell broke loose. What you think, QP, uh, Quincy Patterson, what you think he going to do over there? He he gonna be a starter. I'm gonna tell you why. He big and he could throw. That's yeah. I mean, the current staff at Virginia Tech didn't think the latter. They thought he was just a motherfucking linebacker out there playing quarterback. Yeah. And I, I don't know why. Because especially with the type of especially if you you like running with your quarterback so much that Virginia Tech do, I don't I don't I don't see why he why y'all would let that man go. Yeah, what'd you think of the offense when they would when they would put him in and they'd run that fucking stupid ass quarterback power every two plays? Like, man, that shit would have been. I tried to get my coach to play against Virginia Tech. I ain't even gonna hold you. <laughs> that shit would have been on lock. I ain't, I ain't even gonna lie, bro. Because you doing one of two things: you either gonna let that motherfucker go run QB power, or you gonna fake it 
and throw it. So right. we already know what you're trying to do with him. Right. Boy, he's 6'4", 250. You only going to do one of two things. Shit. They use that man like a glorified wildcat running back, man. They did QP um, wrong. Yeah, but he he gonna thrive. He gonna thrive at North Dakota State. He gonna thrive there because they are they are run first team. And when they gotta throw that bitch, they gonna throw that bitch. And he he ain't even gotta run the ball for real because they got like three different damn running backs every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. North, North Dakota State is definitely a powerhouse. I'm surprised they ain't never tried to jump up to. FBS, man. I said they need to. They bullshitting. They bullshitting for real. Cause ODU jumped up the minute they could. They said, "Oh no, no, no! Let's go ahead, jump up to this o- to this FBS lifestyle." Exactly. Like shit. I I truly think that North Dakota State could replace UMass. Why the fuck is UMass yeah. FBS program? Yeah, yeah. UMass on some goofy shit, and then uh. <laughs> UMass was a little basketball powerhouse. Y'all young, y'all younger than me. But UMass used to be like that in basketball when Coach Coach Calipari was over there cheating and shit. UMass uh, had they had they had Marcus Canby and all these legends. Um, damn. Oh yeah, UMass used to be like. I mean, it was Coach Cal. You know, so he was doing that Coach Cal shit. They got caught, you know, but they had a little basketball program back in the nineties. So okay, Duke, okay, I ain't. I ain't know all that. Yeah. <laughs> shout, shout out to you, man. But football wise, yeah, that shit should be D3 or some crazy shit. <laughs> trying to think of one player. I think the only player ever came out of UMass was Victor Cruz. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. the only player I can think Victor of. Victor Cruz. The rest of these motherfuckers. Shit. But that's good though. You said you said real estate. Yes, sir. Real, real estate is definitely the it's starting to be the move to bet um. I'm I'm glad I, I get happy every time I hear young black people talking about real estate and stocks and bonds and all that. Cause I'm 34 years old. And when I was your age, and I don't want to sound like an old nigga, but when I was your age, that type of information wasn't out there for people like us. We had to live off the land or go rob something. I mean, that was just the way it was. Or go work, you go work a job or something like that. But nobody was real estate as far as people teaching it. That type of information it wasn't even around when I was that age. So it's always good to hear a black man talking about real estate. Even the motherfuckers that's out there trying to hustle Bitcoin and all that other all that all that funny money out there and motherfuckers <laughs> trying to flip Bitcoin and dope coin and all that other shit. I get happy hearing black people talk about that shit. You know why? Because these white people been getting rich off that shit for decades, millenniums. Mm-hmm. So it's our time to get some of that shit too. So even if this NFL shit they don't call these motherfuckers, it would be idiots not to call. But even if you get that shit, real estate, dope coin, finessing these mo- listen, man, don't finesse. But if even if you do finesse, I'm still behind <laughs> you. Fuck that shit. They've been stealing from us long enough, bro. Get your shit back, man. Real estate and all that, man. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. You what talk you about right there. When are you getting your license for real estate? When? Yeah, you taking the test? Uh, it take like nine weeks. So, let's see. I started. I just started, so it'll probably what's nine weeks? A month and a like month and a half. Yeah, so yeah, probably two, probably two about months. around October. Okay. Okay. 
You yeah. trying to be an agent beautiful. and sell homes? Yep. Trying to tap in with them, with them NFL niggas. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they got all the money let the buy a house. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Hey, I don't mean to go off topic, but I just got to ask because I want to know your opinion. But when uh, when Virginia Tech was doing all the Texas recruiting, what were your thoughts on that? My first thought was that dumbass thing that some people be saying. A four-star in Texas or mm. a, a, a three-star in Texas is a five-star in Virginia. No, mm. he is not. Yeah, and I'm going to tell, tell you why. Texas Talk high school rules – are different than Virginia rules. If Virginia had the same rules as Texas, it would be a lot more five stars, a lot more four stars. Mm. Also, Texas is a bigger state. Mm. So therefore, they have more three, four, and five stars. Texas also takes football more serious than Virginia. So right. how do you think their players going to be? They going to be better. They going to be bigger because the rules are different. So stop saying, oh, a three-star in Texas is a five-star. But no, the fuck he not, bro. That shit, Cap. And, 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 and another thing about Texas is they we see this shit on Instagram and Twitter all the time. They got indoor practice facilities in Texas high school. They, exactly. The, they got their own stadium. Not their own field. Their own, own stadium. stadium. <laughs> I'm, ta- I'm, ta- I'm, ta- I'm talking about the state- district. We share a stadium with the other half of the district. You, you see what I'm saying? You feel me? Like, I'm talking about the stadium hold the same amount of people. Shit, it's Montana State, who are Division One FCS program. So you, you mean to tell me that a kid that comes from Texas and then he fuck around and go to an FCS program and them niggas ain't even got an indoor. He had an indoor in high school. And I'm like, damn, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> it's facts, bro. They, go to, they almost go to worse programs sometimes. Exactly. And I thought it was okay. we talk about this all the time with the Texas shit, but we we have, you know, we we think that it's just dumb for the staff to like basically throw away the relationships they had with uh Virginia in general to go down there and and basically set up base in Texas. Uh is that something that that was a shift that you saw with the with the staff? Uh I would say I've seen it before that, you know, that happened because some relationships were kind of being destroyed before that. And this goes back to the 2017 class with Taj. That relationship, what happened with that situation, kind of destroyed most relationships in the Hampton Roads. So it also came, became a domino effect to not get Eric Crosby, who is his, who, who is close friends with Taj, and then, obviously, Taj and Kalen playing at Ocean Lakes along with Eric. You're not going to get Kalen. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, when that whole Taj thing had broken down and, and, and came to light with the crib, I was like, hold on. That's how you're moving? See, man, now we got to be wary of you. We don't, we, don't, we don't want our kids doing that. We don't want our kids around that. And some, you know, some people, you know, look past that and was like, hey, this is a free, free, free ride. It's my chance to go somewhere and play. Some people can look past that. But for a lot of other people, it's just like, how are you going to treat my player like that? And then how are you going to treat my friend like that? Right. So it, it destroyed everything. And I think that's what really started it all. 
And then they was right. just like, all right, well, we feel like Texas players are better. They kind of was saying in their head, we feel like Texas players are better than Virginia players anyway. But that ain't always the case. And then you got Texas kids. A lot of times that ain't the case. It ain't. Yeah, it ain't. A Texas kid can go to Louisiana. He can go to University of Texas, Texas Tech, any one of them near schools. You think all of them, I say out of 20 kids, let me not say 20. I'm going to say out of 15. You think at least 10 of them want to go all the way to Virginia? Not a chance. No. Fuck no. Hell no. Not unless he's sorry and it's his dream school. He down to Virginia Tech and yeah. fucking some dumb shit. And it's like, oh, yeah, I go over there. Right. And the recent kids that Tech's grabbed from Texas, they weren't even offered by Texas and, and Texas A&M. Like, it's the kids that Tech was probably their best offer or one of their better offers. Right. And I agree with you. So I feel like before they even tried to set up shop there, Everything at home was basically destroyed, bro. Basically destroyed. And I just and, and I'm saying this as a fan. You can say if, if I'm tripping or not, just stop me. I I just think Fuente, and I don't know him, I never met him. He don't vibe with our kind of people. You get what I'm saying? Like he don't vibe. I'm not in for white people, listen. I'm not saying the man <laughs> racist. I'm not saying black nah. people. Nah, I, I'm I, saying I, I, us. Am I tripping like or what? the crib? You talking about the crib? Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, you don't. At least last time I, I don't know how it is now, but my time there. Nah, nah, bro. It's like he had a grudge against us, some shit. I remember, bro. We was doing um, the workouts, Colorado's, and I think Beckett had fucked up, and he was like. Y'all can't fucking listen. I'm tired of hearing about the 757. And we was like, bro. Oh, man. I was like, bro, what the fuck? Like, he just fucked up. And so mm-hmm. I was like, damn. All right. And this, on, this, this, is, this, is, this is when I already decided I was transferring. Like, I, I just decided, you know, I'm going to just do one week of fucking training and shit and then dip and not fucking show my face again. But he said that. And I'm like, man. Should I should I should I go back home and just tell motherfuckers what this nigga just said, or should I just keep this to myself? So I was like, nah, I ain't gonna, I ain't, I ain't gonna do that. So I kept that to myself, and then shit. Now I just said it. I was. That's what he said. He was like, man, I'm tired of hearing about the seven five seven. And I was like, shout out Devonte Beckett, a conference player of the year, a, a legend at Marshall. Um, he, his, his situation was some bullshit, too. Um, yeah. That situation is one I do not know about, but I did hear it was some bullshit. Some bullshit. But but he, he bounced back so clean, like mo, like everybody do. Went along, went on, became a conference player of the year, CUSA. Um, mm-hmm. Shout outs to him. Uh, R.I.P. Jaquan Yuli also went to Marshall, man. That shit was Yeah, R.I.P. my dog Yuli, man. That shit's sad. Sad man. Uh it's some people still like like Devin Hunter um dedicate this season to him. Um I, I'm from the peninsula, so it hits y'all side of the water definitely harder, but still we, the whole area code as a whole, we took a loss there. But um 
RIP condolences to his family. Definitely, man. Condolences to his family, man. That shit. I, 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 I was chilling. <clears throat> and then I just saw it say this ain't true. This, that, and the third. <clears throat> and I'm like, what the hell? Like, what, what's going on? And then my boys hit me in the in the group message. It was like, Yuli, something had happened to Yuli. So I go searching and then I see the uh I see the little news report. I'm like, shit. And and bro tweeted a day before that. Twelve actually he tweeted yeah. 12 hours before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tweeted 12 hours before that happened. A great tweet, too. A great one. And I was like, man, fuck. That fucked me up the most because I seen the tweet and and to know that somebody just passed away like that in 12 hours with no warning, no nothing. That's man. Man, man, life can be so precious. It can be snatched away so fast sometimes. But like I said, man, RIP condolences to his his whole family. Um, Before we let you go, since you've been predicting tech seasons properly and we, we tech fall camp started today, what's your prediction for Virginia Tech's 2021 season? Mm. Let's see. I got my, y'all got the young and Jordan now. Mm. I'm going to say eight. I'm going to give y'all a solid eight. Eight, eight wins. wins. So eight and that'll be eight and five. Yeah, I'll give y'all eight and five. Eight, eight and five, including mm-hmm. the bowl game. Do do does tech beat UVA? Are, are you big in the tech UVA rivalry or you could give a fuck? Or what, what was that like for you, tech UVA? I would say it was big, <clears throat> it was big to me at the time. Cause obviously, like I knew Quinn and, and all them. Shout so out Quinn. Shout out my dog Quinn too. And so it was just, I feel like. I wanted to win that game, especially like when I saw his ass at home. I'm like, nigga, y'all lost. <laughs> I get to talk yeah. shit to you for a year. Yeah. So it it was important. It it was important to me to win that game as as well as it is as well as it is to y'all to win that game. And was that the biggest rivalry when you were there? Uh, obviously, now like a lot of the fans seemingly hate North Carolina more, but was that like the biggest one to the players? Yeah, I think North Carolina won't even uh <clears throat> I don't I don't think that was really a rivalry when I was even there. Like it was it was kind of like one, but it wasn't like nothing serious how it is now. Yeah, because they were trash back then. Yeah, so I don't think it was as serious with North Carolina, but it definitely was a little bit of an- animosity towards them. But it, I wouldn't say it was bigger than tech UVA. Yeah. How about Miami? I don't even think that one was big either. Okay. But it was important. Right. Definitely important. I think I think tech I think tech Miami is more like our fans resent Miami. We don't like Miami. A lot of fans yeah. outside of the state. They don't like nothing Miami stand for and everything. That goes into some deeper racial shit that I ain't even gonna get into, but uh <laughs> I knew you were about to say something <laughs> like that. It do, man. This, hey man, listen, I think. So when we get canceled and there's no more Dumby Fridays in a week because we basically attacked the other side of the state for the whole hour and a half. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be nice. It was nice. We had a nice run on Dumby Fridays. Uh, 
before we get up out of here, man, I want to thank our guest, Jaque Eileen, spitting nothing but facts, confirmed some confirmed some theories, some fan theories we had, spoke nothing but the truth, man. God bless you. We want nothing but the best for you. If the NFL don't call you, fuck them. We on some Colin Kaepernick shit. I'm marching no more NFL till they call you. I'm lying. I'm lying like a motherfucker. <laughs> no, you ain't. Even that lying like <laughs> shit. That's what I'm saying. Shit, because I'm watching. God bless. I hope the real estate shit, man, hit these motherfuckers over the head for a house. Just don't hit them over the head for a house. <laughs> and we, we thank you for having on. Any last things you got to say to the people? What's your social man. medias and Instagrams and all of that? Man. Follow me at uh, Aileen underscore five. Uh, that's just, that's everything. Instagram, Twitter. Everything. Hey, Drift, you got some. You, Drift, you got anything to say for the people? Yeah, appreciate you coming on, bro. It's uh, it's great for the podcast having you on and getting your insight. Thank you for all the the insider information. I'm sure everybody's gonna be loving hearing that. But uh, best of luck to you in real estate. My best friend's in real estate too, and he's loving it. I know you're gonna love it too. Man, appreciate that. Appreciate y'all for having me on. Uh, I enjoy my time on here, man. Yeah, man, you gotta come back after the season over with when your prediction come right. Hey, shit, if we do, I'm definitely on. If it come, if it, if it come right, we hollering at you for the lottery information. Um, all day after tomorrow type shit. I want all kinds of predictions on just the world. Who gonna be the next president? Uh, <laughs> all kinds of shit. Like, but but that's it for Don V Fridays. Till next week, man. God bless.